Autophagy fasting. This right here is a powerful tool. This is a powerful tool that we all have access to. And I'm gonna break down in this video what exactly is autophagy fasting? How does it work in the body? I'm gonna also share two ways to practice autophagy fasting that you could fit right into your schedule with a bonus tip. And then we'll get into other things, other ways to induce autophagy and why it is too much autophagy a bad thing. So before we get into all, all of that, my name is Ben Azadi. I am the best-selling author of three books, founder of Keto Camp. Here at Keto Camp, we are on a mission to educate and to inspire one billion people to get this information, these ancient healing strategies into the hands of one billion people. I am so thankful you're joining me today. I'm here in beautiful Miami Beach, Florida. Let's get right into autophagy fasting. Did you know that your body has a mechanism already in place that can help reduce inflammation, burn fat, anti-age you, and clean out the junk within your body. This process is called the innate intelligence. And we could activate the innate intelligence through this process called autophagy. I want you to really understand this. You are an incredible creation. You are a masterpiece. You were designed to thrive, to live way past 100 years old, disease-free, to burn fat, to produce energy, and to feel really good. That's the way that we were created. I always say it, you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. The goal here is to identify what is interfering with your body's capability to heal. Remove that interference, activate this innate intelligence, and allow the body to heal. Well, autophagy is one of those processes that could allow your body to heal. Now, the Greek definition for autophagy is eat thyself. The, it sounds pretty weird. It sounds kind of disgusting. Is your body eating itself? It's actually a very remarkable process. And if you do it the right way with the proper balance, you're going to get amazing results. And I'll explain how to do that shortly. But there was some amazing research. The, the, uh, there was amazing research back in 2016 uh, from a Japanese researcher who really made, who put autophagy on the map. Now, autophagy has been around since humans have existed. We just now know the scientific term for it. And there's some several ways to activate autophagy. Now, you can activate this process of autophagy through specific ingredients and through exercise. But one of the best ways to activate it is through autophagy fasting. For you to really understand what autophagy is, when we don't eat food, when we're not putting food calories, food energy into our bodies, well, the body needs to get energy, energy from somewhere. So it'll actually activate this innate intelligence, turn on the autophagy switch, and the body will seek out cells that are damaged, that could be precancerous cells that might turn cancerous one day, proteins that are damaged, fats, mitochondria that are just not functioning well, and autophagy is that process of identifying this interference and cleaning it out. So think of Pac-Man, if you will, going within your cells, cleaning out the junk. That is autophagy and it takes place without you having to pay money for it or take a supplement or a pill or a surgery. It's an amazing process. Autophagy is thought to start around the 16 to 17 hour mark during an intermittent fast. That's when we typically have gone through our glycogen stores, our sugar reserves, we're now producing ketones, and we are now getting this autophagy process. Therefore, we wanna go at least 16 hours of fasting 
or, or more, I'm going to share with you a method here to activate this autophagy. The analogy I like to give for autophagy to really help it stick before I give you the two methods is that your body is kind of like a refrigerator, right? If you open up a refrigerator, what do you have inside that fridge? Groceries, right? You have groceries that all have an expiration date, that milk, the cheese, the butter, whatever it is in there, they all have an expiration date on them. Now we want to be intentional with using those groceries before we reach that expiration date. And if an item does reach an expiration date and it gets spoiled, we want to make sure we throw it out and then replace it with fresh groceries. That's what autophagy is doing. But when you're not practicing fasting and you're not getting autophagy, then you're getting all of these damaged groceries, these expired groceries and cells that are now multiplying, creating disease in the body, which increases inflammation. So it's more difficult to lose weight, to think straight, you have brain fog, you develop symptoms. So autophagy is that process. And something else that is super cool, if the body has determined, this innate intelligence has determined that the cell cannot be repaired, this senescent cell, which is also called a zombie cell, there is no function. The mitochondria are completely damaged. Then it will actually signal apoptosis, which is programmed cell death to get rid of that cell altogether. But then it also creates a stem cell for a new cell. And all this is happening through autophagy and apoptosis. So let's talk about the first way to practice autophagy fasting. Now this is a method that you can do two to four times per week. It really depends on how much extra body fat you have. The more body fat you have on you, the more consistent you could stay with this. But the leaner you are, uh, we don't wanna do too much of this and I'll explain a little bit later why we should have a balance here. But the first method is to do an 18-6 intermittent fasting schedule, but there's a caveat here. Let me just explain this. An 18-6 method means 18 out of a 24-hour period. You are just having water and sea salt. You're in the fasted state. At the 18-hour mark during that fast, you break the fast, but here's how you break it in order to continue getting autophagy benefits. You break it with mostly fat, and you want to keep your total grams of protein at that meal less than 20 grams of total protein. Because protein, getting more than 20 grams of, of protein will create a response that will negate the autophagy. So you could break your fast, and I'll explain some of my favorite fats to have to break that fast. The protein, by the way, could come from animal protein, plant protein, it doesn't really matter. I would prefer animal protein because that's better, but you wanna keep the protein below 20 grams at the meal that you break your fast. Now the rest of your calories will come from fat. Some of my favorite fats to break your fast with here to continue with the autophagy benefits, grass-fed butter, grass-fed ghee, fantastic. You could also have coconut oil, maybe a little bit of some coconut, olives and olive oil, avocados and nut butters. Just be cautious with the nut butters because you could have too much which will increase the amount of protein. And again, you wanna stay below 20 grams. So then you break your fast at that 18 hour mark with mostly fat, less than 20 grams of protein, you're still going to be getting autophagy. That's the neat part about this autophagy fasting technique. Then when you hit the 24 hour mark is when you break your fast with more protein and actually you are stopping the autophagy at that point. So for 24 hours, you're getting this autophagy process, the apoptosis process, your body is healing, you're activating this innate intelligence, you're, you're crushing fat cells, you're reducing inflammation, you're getting rid of damaged cells, which could be, again, precancerous cells that turn cancerous. All of this is happening 
within those 24 hours. So that is method number one of autophagy fasting. Again, you could complete this 18-6 autophagy fasting method about two to four times per week. If you have more body fat, you could do up to four times. If you have less body fat, you want to probably limit it to a couple times per week. The second method here to practice autophagy fasting, this is more advanced and this is more for somebody who has, let's say, more than 20 pounds of extra body fat on their body. This is called a 32-16 method. All right, it's a 48-hour method, but here's how it works. You go and you practice fasting up to 32 hours. So you're just having water, you're having sea salt for 32 hours, and then when you break your fast at the 32-hour mark, you follow the same principles that I just shared with you. You're going to have mostly fat, keeping your total protein below 20 grams at that meal that you're breaking your fast with. So you're going to continue the autophagy. And then you go until the 48-hour mark and you have your protein. Actually, not the 48-hour mark, excuse me. You go eight hours later and then you have your meal where you're breaking the fast with more protein and you're stopping the autophagy. That is a 32-16 method. So how would this look like on your schedule? You're probably thinking, how does that work, Ben? Let's say Sunday night, 8 p.m., you say, okay, I'm done eating at Sunday night, 8 p.m., I'm gonna do this 32-16 method. So you're gonna go 32 hours, meaning you're not gonna have any food, you're just gonna have water and sea salt all the way until Tuesday morning, right? So you go fasted all through Monday, you go to bed Monday night, you wake up Tuesday morning, that's gonna be the 32-hour mark where you break the fast with 20 grams of protein or less, the rest fat, and then you go the rest of the day until dinner, at dinner is when you have your, the rest of your protein and you are going to stop the autophagy there. This method is very powerful, not just for fat loss, but you're going to get much more of this autophagy process in the apoptosis process. That's the second method. Again, this could be done for somebody, it's more beneficial, the more body fat you have, you'll gain more benefits from this method versus this 18-6 method. Now I have a bonus method here. This is called a block fast. I have a lot of videos here on my Keto Camp YouTube channel and on the Keto Camp podcast talking all about block fasting. Here's what a block fast is. It's also called an extended fast. It means you go three or more days in the fasted state. Now the sweet spot is a five-day water fast. That's where uh, some of the research we've seen uh, with uh, my clients and the doctors that I work with their patients, the five-month mark not, not month mark, excuse me, the five-day mark is where a lot of the magic happens when we achieve this maximum autophagy. And here's how you ca could calculate autophagy. At least this is the way that we calculate it with uh, the members of the Keto Camp Academy, for example. We check our blood glucose and our blood ketones. Let's say on day five of your block fast, your extended water fast, you check your blood glucose and it's, let's say, 58 so for those of you watching right now, if you could help me out and get your calculator, what is 58 divided by 18? And I'll, as you get that answer for me, after you get that number, you're also gonna take your blood ketones. Let's say it's 4.5, which is very high, which is typical on a longer fast, right? So 4.5 is going to be my blood ketones, and then the um, glucose divided by 18 is gonna be your number to compare the ketones to. Your glucose divided by 18, in this case for me it's 3.22, my ketones 
I have achieved maximum autophagy because what we want is a one-to-one -one ratio of blood glucose divided by 18 comparing that to ketones. So as long as my ketones were 3.2 or higher, I'm in this maximum autophagy state. That's when your body is just blasting fat cells, crushing damaged cells. This is where the research of Dr. Thomas Seyfried, who wrote the book Cancer as a Metabolic Disease, he has seen tumors shrink before his eyes and his patients when they achieve this maximum autophagy. And then he gives them glucose, so he breaks the autophagy and the tumor stops shrinking. It's absolutely incredible. You can learn more about his work. He has a book called Cancer as a Metabolic Disease. So that's the, the way to get it. Those are some advanced strategies for you. The next question you might be having is, well, if autophagy is so great, wouldn't it be good to do this all the time? No, too much autophagy is not good. Too much of a good thing ends up being a bad thing. When you study the body and all 70 trillion cells in the body, when you study our ancestors, we are, we are designed, we are hardwired at the genetic level to practice periods of time where we are going through famine, like a fast, and then periods of time where we are feasting. Okay, the feasting is just as important as the fasting. And if you get too much autophagy, guess what, what happens? When your body's done cleaning out the junk and using the bad stuff for energy, it's going to need to get energy from somewhere. Therefore, it'll go for the good stuff, the good cells, the good protein. It could weaken your immune system. The opposite pathway of autophagy is a pathway called mTOR. mTOR stands for mechanistic target of rapamycin. When you hear mTOR, think of growth. Think of like bodybuilders. Think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. When you eat protein, you know, more than 20 grams, you activate mTOR, autophagy is gone. When you eat carbohydrates, you activate mTOR, autophagy is gone. So we do want that proper balance. That's why when you're not practicing fasting, you gotta make sure you're feasting, you're having enough protein, you're having enough food to stimulate this mTOR process. If you do too much fasting, not only can it help, not only can it weaken your immune system, it, it, actually, it could actually create thyroid dysfunction, it could actually slow down fat loss and put your body in a starvation state when you do too much fasting, right? So there's a proper balance here. Again, the more body fat you have, the more fasting you can do. The leaner you are, the less fasting, or I should say you gotta be very intentional with the feasting and the fasting and make sure you are getting it the right way. I'm going to be doing a free webinar where I'm gonna teach four ways to master fasting. I'm gonna give you my three favorite ways to practice fasting in general, best foods to break a fast, worst foods to break a fast, how do you combine keto and fasting. This is a fasting masterclass for you to really understand how to do it the right way so you could go and you could teach this not only to yourself but also to the people in your community and get amazing results so this webinar is almost full we are taking about a thousand people here if you want to get signed up for this free webinar head to benazadiwebinar.com benazadiwebinar.com and get signed up for it those who attend the webinar will get free digital downloads of my books meal plans for keto Keto Camp Blueprint and a lot of free goodies, about over $200 worth in free get digital downloads. It's going to take place on December 18th, which is on a Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So go to benazadiwebinar.com to get signed up for that. Let's get into some questions. Judy Bonstetter, any issues with doing 18-6 fasting five to six days a week if I am fat adapted? 
Judy, <clears throat> there's no issue with that as long as when you are eating in that six hour eating window, you're having plenty of food. You're feasting, you're having enough protein, you're having enough calories. So as long as you're balancing out, balancing out the 18 hours of fasting with the six hours of two feast meals, nothing wrong with that. I'm actually lean and fat adapted myself and that's a, a protocol that I personally follow. Does black coffee break the autophagy fast? Great question, Stacy. Here's how you know if coffee or tea breaks your autophagy fast. You test your blood glucose. Okay, what you wanna do is you test your blood glucose right before you have your coffee or tea. And then you have your coffee and tea and then 30 minutes later you test your blood glucose again. If you see your glucose go up by more than five points, yes, Stacy and anybody else, it's breaking your fast. I would do it three days in a row to get an average. If you see your glucose stay the same or even drop a little bit, it is not breaking your fast. So you could have that coffee. It's different for everybody. What I teach the members of my Keto Camp Academy is if, if, if they see it breaking their fast to switch up the coffee beans to a different brand, maybe add a little bit of some fat, maybe switch to tea, different things could uh, give you different methods right there. How much fat for the first break in fast in addition to the 20 grams of protein? Have as much fat where you feel satiated and full. Uh, so there's not gonna be a specific number, but you're, you'll know how much to eat so you feel satiated, you, you feel full. So have as much fat, make sure you have almost all fat with that meal and less than 20 grams of protein when you're breaking that fast to continue the autophagy benefits. No carbs at this point. Again, my favorite fat sources are going to be avocados. Avocados have a little carbs, that's okay. Um, nut butters, olives, olive oil, coconut, grass-fed butter, grass-fed ghee, these are all great options for you. Let's see what other questions we have here. K-Frost, how do I stop my crash after breaking my fast? Well, you make sure you break the fast, K, with mostly fat and a little bit of protein, and you won't get that glucose spike and crash. So if that's what you're referring to, something that I can also help you is taking some digestive enzymes to help you break that down, the, the meal to break the fast could also help as well. Have an amazing day, share this with a friend, uh, share it on, on social media. If you could share this on Facebook, on Twitter, it really helps with the algorithms. And maybe you could text it to a friend, text it to somebody who wants to learn about autophagy and fasting and all good things. I'll see many of you on the fasting masterclass taking, taking place next week, benazadiwebinar.com. And uh, we'll talk very, very soon. Have an amazing rest of your day and thanks for joining me today. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.